Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's that's where it all starts. Because it all starts taking care of business in house in the Central Division. That's right. I'm a meatball. You got to bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lansing got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. White Sox fans, welcome in to the Sox on Tap post-game show. It's Johnny Nani here alongside Tony Marchese, NWI Steve. A little more three-way action tonight. And it's a special occasion, boys. Season 4, episode 69 of Sox nice. on Tap. Very nice. And the White Sox, very nice performance on the field tonight. 12-2 blowout. Minnesota Twins to hashtag set the tone for a big four-game weekend series. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Hey, yo, boys. I'm doing fucking fantastic because what do we talk about in the open of this show? It all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's where it all starts. Three in a row against the two teams that you're chasing. Get hot, boys. Let's go. We're doing fantastic always over here, every time. Win, lose, doesn't matter. We're doing fantastic. Victory beers, though, do taste better than misery beers. We've been drinking victory beers, Johnny, for what, three days in a row now? That's a winning streak. That's what Confirm. makes that's what makes people happy, victory beers. I don't know what's going over on the other side of the screen. He still thinks it's over. I don't. We're right back in this thing. Just keep winning baseball games. Hell yeah, boys. I told Steve right before we jumped on, this was very therapeutic for me. Seeing the White Sox kick the shit out of the Twins, um, who they're obviously chasing, as Steve alluded to there, um, and doing it in this fashion. You get a position player pitching that late. That's how you know it it was a good, solid ass-kicking tonight. And that's exactly what the White Sox needed to hashtag set the tone for the series. Guys, I cannot understate the importance of that. And I was telling Steve, I'm surprised we haven't had an episode called Set the Tone yet so far this season but looking back on it makes sense there hasn't really been an occasion for it maybe outside of some very very early games so um boys i think this is phenomenal start to the weekend you couldn't ask for anything better no you couldn't uh and we know johnny that the weekend starts on thursday here at on tap sports net that's hashtag confirmed you don't even need to go to steve for that everybody knows it it's just facts uh but i mean it's, it's not surprising that we haven't had a set-the-tone show yet because the Sox have failed to set the tone, and they did so early in today's ballgame. And then that tone, once it was set, man, they just rode with it. It's fucking excellent to watch. You are spot on there in your assessment, Anthony. This series, it's been talked about you know, for the last 24 hours that this is the biggest series of the season to this point. So going out there, hashtag set the tone, take game one, do it in convincing fashion. That's what this team needs. When was the last time this team won the opening game of a series? Can can anybody even remember that? No. Exactly. So this is big. All right. You're trying to get back in this thing here. You're making some headway. 
This is the best way to go about doing it, taking game one and doing it in convincing fashion. Guys, it was beautiful. Like you said, convincing fashion. That's the biggest thing for me. uh, Why The reason why I say uh, it was therapeutic for me. And the White Sox get things going early. Uh, Timmy, as we know, Steve, set the tone, does that with with a leadoff single to get the game going. And then Pito brings him home eventually after a couple of ground outs there. Uh, And then... Uh, Andrew Vaughn, hey, a little luck, guys. Um, you know, Andrew Vaughn, he did hit it pretty well, but it was right back up the middle. Um, if that's off to the side of a bag, probably getting fielded. This one, Karam's off the bag, allows another run to score there. My question to you is, is the White Sox luck now changing? Because we had this and then uh, an event that we'll talk about in a few minutes here. Well, before we get to that, Johnny, there's one important thing you, you glossed over there. And I want to talk about this because this isn't going to show up in a box score tomorrow and this isn't going to get written about in any post-game recaps the at-bat by gavin sheets in that first inning anthony your baby boy okay they're in a spot right there they already got one run on the board trying to add on what do i always talk about adding on getting that crooked number especially in that first inning he fouled off several tough pitches in that bat worked a nine pitch at bat prior to that sunny gray had only thrown nine pitches in that inning there. So he had a chance to get out of that inning, throwing 10 pitches. He went out there, worked himself a great at bat to keep that train rolling, to allow Andrew Vaughn to come up in that spot. That at bat was huge. Forcing Gray to throw all these pitches under duress early on in that first inning, it came back to haunt him later in the game, which I can't wait to talk about a little bit more. But obviously Andrew Vaughn followed that up. And yes, Johnny, you are right. Luck finally went the Sox way for a change. Yeah, they got a bounce. It was wild. Tony, I think you need to chime in, though, since he just uh, gave some praise to your baby boy there, Gavin Sheets. Hey, this is something we've been talking about a lot lately. Gavin Sheets at bats, Gavin Sheets plate approach, uh, Gavin Sheets since he's come back up to the major leagues. And, Steve, I've watched a couple of these at bats of the same ilk, and I got to say, he is really – really driving those pitch counts to go higher. And I think that, you know, for an, for a bat in the middle of the order, he's not going to hit a home run every single fucking time. He's he's going to make his outs. He's going to have days where he's not hitting the ball or, or just finding open space. But when he can do something like that, and obviously the results have been very good lately when he gets deep into these at-bats, but he's really kind of stepped up in Yasmani Grandal's absence as that guy who can just make an at-bat last painfully long for a pitcher that can really, dare I say, set the tone for the next hitter to go do something. And I love watching this. There, there were so many people who were down and out on Gavin Sheets earlier this year, and understandably so. But to see the just a positive change, I it sails in here. I'm looking like a proud papa. I am a proud papa because sometimes when you talk about these things, and they start to work out the way that you want them to. You're proud. I am proud of Gavin Sheets. I think the development has been like outstanding. It, it just like I don't know any other word for it. It's been outstanding to see him kind of take that plate approach and do something that not a lot of other White Sox hitters are doing these days. And it's having a positive impact on this club. Steve, I actually had something very similar uh, to say about that at bat in the first inning. Uh, that was written down in my mental notes about how this game was going because I thought the first was so important. You summed it up perfectly there. That was 
that was part of the set the tone inning for the White Sox here today was that at bat right there. It was kind of a focal point. Then the game goes, you know, berserk after that. But I thought that 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 type of stuff can really, as we say all the time, set the tone for the rest of the game. It was a wonderful at bat. I think it's it's not going to go down in the box score as something special, but very understated in today's win. I'll crack them to that, boys. Uh, absolutely. And as Tony had mentioned in there, we got White Sox sale in the comments saying that Tony's talking like a proud papa uh, about his baby boy, Gavin Sheets there. Make sure you go and join the comments as well. Subscribe to ONTAP Sportsnet on YouTube, uh, and you can join in on the conversation. We'll feature them right up here on the screen as we go live. So, gentlemen, let's continue this thing. Uh, as I would mentioned, a little bit of that luck coming back. It was nice to see that ball uh, bounce off the bag and allow another run to score. White Sox get two in the first inning they really broke up and i know there's a couple frames within here uh that johnny cueto really uh battled through and the first is one of them there are multiple of them tonight but we're on offense right now we got to go and talk about mr luis robert grand slam that is cool and tough i mean that's the coolest toughest ball you can hit in any baseball game and the way that he did it Absolute massacre job out to left field, um, even, you know, into that upper deck. And then within that upper deck into the concession stand up there. I think we need a forewarning here for our listeners because Steve is about to make a screeching noise that may sound like this broadcast is lag or, uh, you know, kind of freaking out frozen. Uh, but be alert. It's not Steve. Let's hear it. Who hit this grand slam tonight? Put the woman and children to bed because that bomb came courtesy of Luis motherfucking Robert. My God. That wasn't the police chasing you. Wow. That was that was Steve rolling ours. Ooh, I need a smoke. That- <laughs> That was impressive, Steve. That, that might be, you know, we, we've had some Hall of Fame ones on here. That, that one definitely immediate induction, first ballot. Um, I would go ahead and just label it that right there. But, guys, a uh, huge instance of this ball game because um, Yohan Mankata passed up on a 2-0 pitch earlier in this inning uh, that should have been a cock shot. I think all of us were thinking it. Everybody, all White Sox fans collectively were thinking that. But his teammate hitting behind him, Luis Robert, comes, picks him up. And, um, you know, this thing blows blows the whole game open uh, when you're talking about this in the top of the fourth inning there. I believe this came with two outs as well. So um, Luis Robert, uh, the White Sox need a moment like this guys. They absolutely do. And they, and they got it tonight. Um, We've been talking about, you know, points that change your season around nonstop on this show. I'm, I'm hesitant to say that that was it, but Overall, if you look at the last three games as a whole, there's been a lot of things that have been different about this White Sox ball club than we've seen throughout the entirety of the 2022 season. You've got guys picking each other up when they're down. Starts with Yoan Moncada picking guys up the other day. Today, it's Luis Robert picking Yoan Moncada up. It, 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 it's Gavin Sheets taking long at-bats. It's, you know, Tim Anderson getting on base a a bunch of times and giving the team opportunities to drive him in and score runs. It's pitching. That's like your starting pitching going late into the ball game, six innings or more keeping you in, in, in the game. There has been 
all facets, pitching, defense, offense, working at the same time. We haven't had a stretch of three ball games that I can remember where you've had all facets picking each other up just all over the ball field. It's been wonderful to watch. And you talk about Luis Robert in this specific situation. The fact that he hit that home run, looked down, spit in the dirt, knew it from the second it left his bat was just absolutely intimidating. Go listen to that Twins broadcast, and that's a grand slam. It's demoralizing. I I want to know how any Minnesota Twins fan is feeling right now. I, I, I know Why Ted, don't we just ask I know Twins Ted. Ted? I know Ted's not feeling great, but could you imagine trying to fall asleep tonight with visions of Luis Robert absolutely fucking massacring a baseball in your stadium? for that grand slam and knowing that the white Sox, you may have woken a sleeping giant and this series might be a big problem for you. Must suck. You know, we've talked a lot about the lack of long balls from this team over the course of the season. And I have really tried to drive home the point that they have relied too much on a slap hitting mentality and they're not hitting for enough power. Well, I was literally getting ready to put out a tweet to say this would be a great time for the Sox to have an extra base hit. Enough of these little singles here and there. Before I could even hit send on the tweet, the ball was in the second fucking deck. So, Luis, thank you for that. It was beautiful. Guys, I'm trying to think Grand Slams this year. Have we had a Grand Slam this year? Is this the first White Sox Grand Slam? I'm fairly certain that it is. Off the top of my head. Off the top of my head, I, I don't remember, remember another one. Grand Slam. I don't. Yeah, nothing Nothing is really coming to mind. Yeah, well, either way, this is just, you know, like you said, I, I think White Sox Sal's comment in here. I want to go to this. Uh, White Sox Sal in here, thank you for commenting. As always, Sal, he says, that Grand Slam plus Cueto going back out for the six might be something we point to, and that was when Tony was talking about, you know, things that can turn this team around. And I know we've been looking for them all cool year. Cool and tough here, shit. I, I cool agree. and tough yeah. shit. That's cool, cool and, and tough shit, shit right Winner there. shit, Tony. Winner. Winner shit. That, that, that's what I look to. So uh, we will get to Johnny Cueto uh, in a little bit here. But the offense wasn't done, guys. Um, Sox add on two more on top of the six. Uh, Robert doing it again. He had a three-hit night. Was it third consecutive three-hit game? You like to see that from him. Um, Brayu to sack fly to bring home Moncada. Uh, 8-1 at that point. Uh, Sebi tees off on a uh, position player pitching uh, in the ninth for a three-run shot. But um, – Guys, we saw something that was apparently not allowed or illegal or I don't know. Um, the White Sox had some fun in the dugout. Did you guys notice anything? Weird. Weird how like when you're actually hitting the ball out of the ballpark, playing good, clean, crisp, fundamental baseball, and being opportunistic, the fun comes back. Amazing how that happens. You'll love to see it. I, you know what? I love, I like it so much. I want to see more of it. And I want to see more of it tomorrow. I want them to just go out there and just ride this wave of momentum and just kick these motherfuckers in the nuts and just say to them, you had a chance. You had a chance to put us away and you didn't do it. Now, look, there's still a long way to go in this series here. Okay. But the Sox set the tone here tonight. 
go out there and make these motherfuckers pay and have some more fun on their home field this weekend. Tony, I think you were doing some uh, investigative journalism on the fun in the dugout. Can you give us a report on anything that may have been happening uh, uh, there down the first baseline uh, in Minnesota tonight? Yeah, absolutely. I've been uh, I've been evaluating this for a long time, Johnny. I just don't understand why the dugout looks so it, it looks like a funeral. Um, it's it's been terrible. Um, and uh, you know, Jose Abreu running and doing some sliding move and. It's just weird things going on in there. So all these smiles, all these different uh, expressions of emotion that I've I haven't seen uh, in in so long. It's 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 almost uh, hard to believe. And I, I I've I've kind of come to some conclusions here that they might have been having fun. Uh, not quite sure. They give true. If, they if, give if, source. If that's yeah. if that's factual or not. I saw Lucas Giolito put his hand. Uh, in the air uh, at one point uh, when uh, Luis Robert hit a, hit a baseball uh, and Michael Kopech did some motions with his hands where he was putting them together like this over and over again. I'm not sure what that is, uh, but we're still working to figure out what he was doing exactly at that moment. Not sure if he was, you know, trying to, you know, I, I don't know, maybe he was trying to get a bug out of his face. Uh, it's, it's really, uh, up in the air at this point, Johnny, but we're still we're still hot on this case. Uh, the the biggest part that I, I I'm still trying to figure out is uh, that Yoan Moncada, after he scored right. uh, on a play at the plate, came in the dugout and Eloy Jimenez kind of pointed over at Jose Abreu, and then they slapped hands together. We're not sure what that was about yet, but we will try and figure it out, Johnny. Uh, still working to confirm. Yeah, I, yeah all right. I, I thank you. Well, once again, great A reporting here at ontapsportsnet.com, uh Tony. We so we thank you. Our our uh, dugout uh morale correspondent. We're hard at work. So, We're yeah, no, work. no, no, thank you for that report. It, it was uh you know interesting to see. So we'll track those developments uh throughout the rest of this weekend here and through after the all-star break. But um guys we talked a lot about the offense here tonight. Um obviously uh, it's heavy teeing off, kind of putting the uh, twist the knife, as you might say there, um, uh, with that three-run shot uh, late there. It was nice to see another. Hold on, hold on, Johnny. Johnny, I'm, I'm just getting something in my earpiece right now from my inside the clubhouse source. Okay. Um, it's a guy with a beard, um, and he's telling me that uh, things are not good. Okay. Gotcha. Interesting. Actually, you know, I have multiple sauces out in the Arizona desert who one of them actually was at the home of said bearded individual earlier this evening. And he sent me a photo of what happened to said individuals TV when the sock, when he saw that the socks were actually mm. having fun in their dugout. So if anybody wants a little treat, feel free to go to my Twitter timeline and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. I think I did see that, Steve. That's unfortunate. It's a, you know, fairly expensive piece of technology, but um, you know, you know, uh, when, when you're getting paid out for uh, a contract, you didn't finish it. It's pretty easy to uh, acquire another one of those. So, um, all right, guys, we, we talked a lot about the offense. Let's go. It was Dia de Cueto. Johnny Cueto absolutely gutted through this thing. Um, you know, he, he, this guy has just been nothing but consistent ever since joining this team in mid May, he has given them the boost that they need. Um, he is, you know, really, really 
been an anchor in this rotation. And I don't think any of us would have thought we would have been saying that we would have just been kind of looking for a, not patchwork, but a sort of get us by, right? I think that would be a reasonable expectation. We are talking about how Lady came in uh, when they brought him in on the signing here. But, man, he goes out there and shoves, and he's been looking like one of the most dependable starters uh, tonight he uh, all season. And he goes six innings tonight and does it in impressive fashion. Um, guys, observations, Johnny Cueto. So I got a lot of things to say here. Um, first and foremost, again, we talk, title of the show, set the tone. Johnny Cueto went out there and fucking did that today. So this team goes out there and gets some two runs in the first inning. Gets himself into a little bit of a jam, admittedly, in that, in that first inning, and he wiggles out of it. The turning point in this game was the bottom of the third inning when Buxton leads off with that leadoff triple because of some strange route that I, I don't know what Luis Robert was doing on, on that particular play there. But Johnny Cueto did something today. He literally went then after that and just dropped his fucking pants and said, here are my nuts. Here they are. You know what? This run, Buxton, you ain't moving. So for every other starting pitcher in that dugout, Michael Kopech, Lucas Gilito, Dylan Cease, all these other guys that have better stuff than Johnny Cueto at that point. If you can't learn something from what he did in that inning in particular right there, I don't know what you are doing because he showed you what it is all about to be a professional pitcher in the major leagues when you've got your back against the wall. Stone talked about this on the broadcast when he said, you know, or, or I think it was actually Benetti who said, you know, as a, as a pitcher, you train yourself to just, you know, forget about that runner on third and just assume that that run's going to score. Cueto said, fuck that shit. He ain't going anywhere. That's the mentality. That's the mindset that Giolito, Kopech, and Cease need to have. Bear down. In that situation there, you got the heart of the Twins order up right there, and he did not allow that run to score. And then what happened immediately following that? The next half inning, the White Sox go up there, and they score four runs. And they take control of this baseball game. That was the turning point in this baseball game. Johnny Cueto showed what veteran leadership is all about. We want to talk about this for days on end here because of all this other extracurricular bullshit that's going on. That was an example. That's what it's all about. And he went out there. He gave this team 18 outs today. I drive that point home every single night. 18 outs. It wasn't pretty. He threw a lot of pitches to do it, but it was important because now this bullpen is saved. Their key bullpen pieces are fresh going into the remainder of this series. Johnny Cueto, hats off to you. You are a fucking beast out there. Well said, Stephen. Well said. And, and I, I, you know, I feel for our listeners who are just on audio in podcast version right now because we have an excellent visual of Johnny Cueto riding a horse, um, uh, taking up the, the majority of our screen right now on the YouTube live stream. So uh, that is fantastic. But Steve, to your point here, when we're talking about Johnny Cueto, strands bases loaded in the bottom of the first. He strands Buxton at third, like you had mentioned there, that big kind of turning point in the game in the bottom of the third. Uh, he strands twins at first and second, who had they were trying to mount a two-out rally in the bottom of the fifth. Uh, he K 
K's the side going out there with over 100 pitches uh, in the bottom of the six just when you thought he was done because he had a little bit of a flare up, right? It was kind of a uh, weak hit fall, uh, went to go and try and field, and people thought there might be a little bit of an issue with the leg. Trainers came out, looked at him, threw a few kind of bullshit practice tosses, but guess what? He stayed in that game went and struck them out with that fuck you mentality, Steve. Uh, struck out the whole side in the bottom of the six, his last inning of work. Um, and it was impressive. It was impressive. Hashtag leadership right there. Tony, thoughts on Johnny Cueto? Well, I just felt that there was, you know, a, a, a severe necessity to have Johnny Cueto take up most of the screen while we talk about him while he rides a horse. So that's why I put that up here, Johnny. Um this has been unbelievable. We talk about little it things all the time. Um, And last year we had a lot more it talk. Johnny Cueto has brought it for the Chicago White Sox since he took the ball in a White Sox uniform the first time this season. The dude has been incredible. Something that we really didn't plan on being a big part of our rotation this season was Johnny Cueto. There was no way that any of us had this predicted. There was no way that any of us thought that he was going to be as impactful as he has been. It's been fantastic. And for him to come in and take care of business in the central division, like he did tonight, that means a lot. This is a picture of Johnny Cueto riding a horse. And he's continued to ride his horse and lead the Chicago White Sox in every way, shape, and form that Dallas Keuchel was never able to do at a fraction of the cost. That's fucking cool and tough. That's off. Johnny Cueto. Absolutely. Uh, I love it, guys. Uh, it was a ballsy effort. And he w- we said, you know, entering this game, Sean and I last night said that we need Johnny Cueto to be a set tone guy. Guess what? He did exactly that. Fits perfectly in with our theme for tonight's episode. Um, He's also guys, a big home run guy. Yeah. Yeah. Rest of this game, there is one thing that gets lost in the shuffle after the offensive breakout, but huge play in the, was it, the bottom of the second, and that was Mr. A.J. Pollock gunning Gio Urshela down at home, guys. Um I got to comment on this because um, the broadcaster it's supposed to, I, I, I was under the impression we were watching a White Sox broadcast, but a certain individual thought that this guy should have been safe so much and that the twins should have challenged this so much instead of marveling in awe at the throw that AJ Pollock put strike right on home plate from deep in left field. So I want to give, you know, hat tip here. I don't know. We're not wearing a hat. We're in a headband, but hat tip here. AJ Pollock. What an absolute cannon. Uh, what a nice tab by tag by Sebi Zavala. So um, hats off AJ Pollock guys. I was also a big turning, not turning point, I guess uh, it's still early, but a big run saving moment in this game. I would say. No, you're absolutely right, Johnny, because that would have made it a two to two game. And that could have tilted the momentum over to Minnesota. You know, obviously we talk about in hockey parlance, talk about tilting the ice in favor of of one particular side right there. That was a moment that could have tilted things in the Twins' direction right there. So getting that out, A.J. Pollock, with that throw, Sebi putting the tag down, look, whatever happens, it's a fucking out. 
in the box score. That's all that matters. And that was huge. Right. And I, I will say, when we, if we are going to go and get nitty gritty on the replay, I do think that it, a, it was close enough and it was ruled out on the field. It's always big what it's ruled on the field. And then B, I think the, the foot, you know, the, that was the argument that the foot might have been in there. I think there was a little pop up and then another come down for when he actually got the plate the second time. And Sebi was pretty close. It wasn't laces. He actually did get the, you know, back hand of the mitt on a solid piece of Gio Urshela there. I call it out. Good. Even if that went, thing went to replay, I think that does not have enough to get overturned. So AJ Pollock, cheers to you. Hey, make it close enough on the field and get that call. How many times this season have we seen the exact opposite happen for our Chicago White Sox, where there's a play that's just too close and the call on the field stands. Some of these challenge things are, a lot of it really does, as you said, go back to the call on the field. We've just watched a play the other day. When it's where super bang bang like that. Right? It is, when, yeah. especially when it's super bang bang like that. But let's let's look at this in another angle. How many times have we seen that play for this team end up in the ball going all the way to the backstop? How many times have we seen that play cut off erroneously or missing the throw or just it, it's offline? This one worked during the game that it needed to fucking work. And it happened. That's important. Remember that. I remember it. I remember. Oh, I remember. I remember. <laughs> Guys, it, it was Episode good. 69 is off to a great start. We we are. We're we're all, we're, we're on fire here tonight. Um so, you know, we're doing we're, a hashtag nice job. Yeah. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Very yeah, nice. Make sure make sure to join the YouTube comments. Uh like plenty of our guys in here. Uh we always appreciate it. Uh on Tap Sports Set on YouTube is where you can go subscribe uh and, and drop your comments in here so we can see them on the show. Guys, um o- overall takeaways from this, obviously bullpen not too much right home about, but I will say uh as Steve kind of alluded to earlier, um you saved your big guns, especially after closing out a Cleveland series, a tight ball game in there uh, to finish the last, uh, you know, get the s- split in Cleveland. You have your big guns ready to go should tomorrow be a close ball game. And I would honestly expect it to be a close ball game when we're talking about getting into Friday here. So I, I think that was big. Um, goes back to Johnny Cueto. And then those guys also, you know, what? With the bullpen in there, only one run allowed, right? That ain't too shabby for that kind of uh, back-end guys uh, that came in there. So um, I like it. Heading in tomorrow, how are we feeling uh, going into game two of the series? Well, I'm going to have Michael Kopech on the mound. A lot of things have been talked about and written about a potential dead arm period with Kopech here. So this is where Cueto being able to go get those 18 outs and the offense piling on the runs here to save the quote-unquote bullpen A squad for tomorrow is going to come into play and is so critical because I'm not sure how much length they're going to be able to get out of Kopech tomorrow. So if they are in a position where this is a close game, again, you can go to Ronaldo Lopez. You can go to Kendall Graveman. You can go to Liam Hendricks and you can utilize one or multiple of those guys for multiple innings if needed. So again, there's going to be a lot of stuff written and talked about. Cueto throwing the 118 pitches in in the six innings here. Got the all-star break coming up here. You got two off days right after that Cleveland series there. This team can get creative with the rotation to give Cueto additional rest if needed. 
but you got the big guns in the bullpen ready to go tomorrow here to back up Michael Kopech. So that's big. Keep this offense rolling, baby, and get another fucking dub tomorrow. Get these first two games, and then you know you're going into the break no worse than when you got to that fucking shithole state yesterday. I like it. You talk about uh, offense, keeping it rolling there, Steve. Uh, as our guy Sox and Sane points out, lefty on the mound for the Twins. That is hashtag confirmed. Devin Smelter will be the starter. Guys, um, I don't know if you guys have the MLB preview, but if you go and look at just a picture of Devin Smelter, he looks a little bit like our guy Buzz. He's got the arm tats, got a little bit of the beard going, man. Uh, but either way, I hope the White Sox rock this guy and historically have feasted on left-handed pitching over the greater part of the last three years. They absolutely have. And, and Johnny, that's, that's lining up for some Friday night fun uh, tomorrow in Minnesota. I, I'm looking for the White Sox to go and build on what they did today. Obviously, we've been burned by this 2022 White Sox team over and over again in terms of winning streaks and, and everything else. But as they say, you're only as good as your last envelope. The envelopes have been coming in nice and full lately. Uh, I expect more of the same. I, I just think that this team has some energy right now. Um, who, who would have thought that Dallas Keuchel was going to save the season with uh, being a little, mm, uh, not going to say the word here, but say it. He's a snitch. bitch. Snitch. Ooh, snitch, snitch, bitch. <laughs> it all rhymes. Uh, but, I mean, uh, hey, he, he taught Yerman Mercedes TWTW, and maybe he's teaching this team uh, all the way down in Arizona right now. The vibes are good. The team looks good. The runs are coming. They're taking care of business in their division. I expect more of the same tomorrow. I don't think that they're gonna. I don't think that they're gonna sweep this series. Minnesota is still a good ball club. They've got a lot of talent. Uh, so I'm gonna err on the side of caution with this. But I th I think you will get a fired up White Sox team tomorrow. Yeah. Everything's pointing to it. Go make it happen. Yeah, totally. Continue having fun. Continue having fun before you do anything else. I don't want to talk about all the specifics. You know, go pitch a good ball game, uh, hit the ball out of the ballpark, all this other stuff that we talk. Just go continue to have fun. That's all it's going to take. When it comes to talking about the Twins, I'd like to quote Robert De Niro from a CNN interview he did not too long ago. Fuck them. Fuck them. I like it. I like it. Short, distinct, Steve. Uh, Tony, last night, this kind of carries over. Sean and I last night when we were discussing the series finale victory in Cleveland, um, we had discussed the, you know, before leading into this, think about some series back when we had four game series, Baltimore, Detroit, right? Both of those at home. And, and we had always said, oh, we got to have three or four here. And that was kind of the big, you know, well, this is what we need. And I last night I laid off of that and I said, I'm not going to go and say that they need this or the, you know, I, you know, whatever in terms of a prediction standpoint, like you had said, I don't know if they're going to sweep or not. Um, I just want them to continue to play go time baseball like they did tonight. Um, and that goes back to our guy, Sean Roberts is in the comment. He said, it's effing go time, baby, Sean, love you, buddy. Uh, that's exactly what we talked about last night. And that's just what I want to see more of continue throughout this weekend. So Tony, I'm not going to make any predictions for the rest of the weekend in terms of wins, losses, this and that, but you continue to play clean, crisp, hard baseball, play go time baseball, and you'll set yourself up for success. So that's all I will say. It brought the good vibes tonight. No predictions from Nani here. Go time baseball tomorrow. 
who are our picks to click helping us get it done along the way, boys? Gavin Sheets, if he's in the lineup. I know we've got a lefty, so I will give a backup pick here, and I'm going to go with Jose Abreu there because that man has just been tearing the cover off the baseball. He looks good, but I do like Gavin Sheets' plate approach. I said that we were going to go to an all-Gavin Sheets pick-to-click just to bring back the vibes from last year. So Gavin Sheets, number one. If he's not in the lineup, I'll go Jose Abreu. It's going to be Vaughn Gone Summer Part 2 tomorrow. Lefty on the mound. We all right. know what he does against Southpaws. Right. Good one. Yeah, that kind of slipped through the cracks there because the game was kind of already decided in a way, but Vaughn did launch one. Uh, it was an absolute tank job, too. Vaughn Gone Summer, baby. I love that pick, Steve. Uh, and obviously, Tony, uh, I appreciate the vibes of your Gavin Sheets because there might have been a stretch where I don't know if you picked him, anyone else besides him for like a month last year or so. We're bringing uh, it back. Yeah, you're bringing it back. back. Yeah, yeah, bringing right. It back. So, it's only so crazy it, if it doesn't work. Took the words right out of my mouth, my friend. Um, all right, uh, I will go with... Um, Josh Harrison, I've not had him in a while, so uh, I, I like to do that. I, I like to go and uh, reach back into the barrel for the guys that I've not picked in a while. It had been a while for Timmy when I picked him the other night. It's been a while for Josh Harrison. Uh, I can kind of get in some funks here of picking certain guys too frequently. So back into the barrel, Josh Harrison, if he's in the lineup. If not, um, I will go with Yohan Mankata as a backup Um also, I haven't picked him in a while, so we'll ride with that. Boys, give me some final thoughts from the night. I'll let the listeners know where they can find us, and we'll get out of here. Final thoughts? That's how you hashtag set the tone. Big series. Went out there. Answered the bell right out of the shoot. Keep it going tomorrow. I was hoping Steve was going to talk a little bit longer if we're being honest, because I'm still trying to formulate my final thoughts, but here we go. Number one, continue to have fun. Continue to make Minnesota look like shit, because this was the first time all year that I felt that this White Sox team really got under the skin of an opponent. They said earlier this year that they were going to be the most hated team in baseball. They did that tonight. You watch the benches clear after this game because they kicked the motherfucking shit out of somebody else and tensions were high. I want to see them be the agitator. I want to see the White Sox be that team that makes other people fucking mad. That's fun to watch and it's cool to be a part of. The talent is there. Everything just needs to fall in place, and it could be a magical second half. I said this earlier this year on the show. It's either going to be crash and burn, or it's going to be fucking magical. Cinematic, I believe. Is cinematic. Cinematic is probably the word that I used during that. Synonymous, r- right? Yeah. During that rant. But, Johnny, for all intents and purposes, if they're going to do something special, it starts with wins like this. It starts with stringing them together, especially against the division. Getting to the playoffs doesn't feel like a guarantee right now. It's time to change that. If they want to change the game, let's get ourselves a nice healthy lead early on in the second half of the season within the AL Central. They've got a chance 
to start to make up some ground here the rest of this weekend. And every single game through this weekend is the most important game you've watched of the 2022 White Sox. That's the type of baseball I like to watch. That's entertaining baseball. Go out there and give myself and everybody else who tunes into the show or watches the White Sox a fighting effort. Go play fun baseball. Let's do it. It's going to be a fun fucking weekend. Tony, something that you said sparked my final thought here. I'll make it short and sweet, but it's the return of tinfoil hat time here. And it's the signing of Max Domi coincides for the Blackhawks coincides with the White Sox becoming an agitator here. The first time really all season that they've gotten under the skin, agitated another opponent there. So um, a little something in the air there between the Blackhawks, White Sox. Um, that'll be my tinfoil hat time. Max Domi's in town, White Sox. A little bit more grit and sandpaper to them. So I like it. Gentlemen, That's why we miss Adam Eaton. Right, 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 right. Of course, of course. He did stir it up a little bit. But, all right. Everyone, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate you, especially everyone in the YouTube comments. You can go and join them. Join that crowd. Uh, join the conversation here on the show by subscribing to ONTAP Sportsnet on YouTube. Click the little notification for when we go live and then go in. Sprinkle your comments in here, and we'll feature them on the show as we discuss. You can find us on social media at ONTAP Sportsnet, at Socks on Tap. And, of course, make sure you visit ONTAPSportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Gentlemen, I would say Season 4, Episode 69 of Socks on Tap was very nice. Talked about a nice win. Let's go and get another one tomorrow. Until then, White Sox forever. White Sox forever. Fuck the Twins, White Sox for life.